dear God. What kind of music you like? It's cool. I like it. How magical that a path should cross. Okay. everybody welcome to another episode of the silver emulsion podcast my name is will and uh once again i'm here with steven uh hello everybody hello hello uh so today we're going to talk about the 1993 hong kong film heroic trio or the heroic trio uh directed by johnny tote and starring three of the most popular hong kong actresses of the time anita moy Maggie Chung and Michelle Yeoh. Yes. And, uh, and the reason, of course, we're watching this. Yes, the reason is that uh, Read or Die apparently pays homage to the three actresses um, yeah, we had, uh, with the character names. Yeah, they kind of change it around, but we had uh, Michelle Chan, Maggie Mui, and Anita King. And yes. mentioned that... King was kind of a variation of Khan, was it? Yeah, was? yeah. Michelle Yeoh also went by Michelle Khan for a while, and so that's close enough to King that I can see it making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the other, yeah. So they they just yeah. swapped everybody's name around, yeah, just to mix it up. <clears throat> yeah, and so I was going to ask you, I I didn't notice any real like uh, anything else that was like <laughs> right. Taken it's from not it, really like specifically about this movie it wasn't like the the only thing i could say that, that this movie is that it shares with reader die is yeah. that it's kind of a superhero yeah action story yeah which so but that's really like it's a superficial thing it's right, not really right. like any specific plot elements or anything jumping out at me is oh right. that was reader die it's more just that's how i saw it but i thought well maybe steven will you know because you you come at things a little differently so i thought maybe yeah, I mean, maybe if I watch this movie again and kind of analyze it a bit more deeply, I might find something. Yeah. At, at the moment, I'm just seeing. Eh. I feel like it's just, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, we like those. those. Yeah, just like a, like they have John Woo the pigeon, where it's just like, right. right. Just ah, just we like shout Woo. out. To, yeah, I think if anything, it's just a shout out to just Hong Kong action in right. general, yeah. rather than to any specific. Uh, mo- movie or element of it right. or anything it's just here's some crap we like let's name some characters <laughs> after them <laughs> yeah so so this movie is a superhero movie of sorts yeah. it's, it's uh a, it, it stars wonder woman it does wonder which woman kind of surprised me yeah. it's like oh wonder woman all right yeah this this <laughs> most recent wonder woman movie is not the first wonder woman movie <laughs> There's actually a 70s like TV movie of the actual Wonder Woman. Oh, is so it? it's okay. actually not the first movie, but mm-hmm. but uh, for a you that know. have been a Linda Carter one or no? It's before her. It's oh, before okay. the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know who played Wonder Woman, but uh, I know that it exists and that uh, Warner Archive put it out on DVD. That's all I know. Uh, well, 
well, hey, it's out on DVD now. Yeah. Um, Who knows how many people were confused and bought that instead of the uh, new one and were surprised. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Warner Archive is online only, so... Uh, okay. So you'd have to be... I mean, you could get them on Amazon, so maybe there's some random people who just searched Wonder Woman and fucking add to cart. They don't care. <laughs> didn't look. Didn't yeah. pay attention. Oh, that cover looks like it's from the seventies. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty. It's pretty obvious, but you never know with some people. So. Yeah, they'll do weird things. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the new Wonder Woman movie, but I have seen Heroic Trio, and I'm going to guess that I'm going to like Heroic Trio better. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing your tastes, I would probably guess that as well. That's- put my money on that but <laughs> so what's interesting about superhero in hong kong this movie is very much like like an attempt to do kind of a western ish comic book superhero movie right. and fusing that with the superhero movie of china which is the wuxia mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And so it's, it's interesting. It's definitely kind of a blend of that, yeah. Where Yeah, because like there's so many Wuxia movies that are basically like everybody's doing crazy shit and you know, it might as well be a superhero movie. Right. Um but here you get like a real influence of other things, Western influences with the Wuxia stuff. Right, right. She's actually got a mask and a secret identity. Right, which... right. <clears throat> and and there's I noticed this time, I've seen this movie a bunch, like a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it since 20 years ago, but I've probably seen this movie like, I don't know, a, a jillion times. <laughs> like, I don't, as soon as it started this time, I was like, oh shit. And it was like a fucking time warp back in time <laughs> to when I was like 16. And I watched this movie all the fucking time. Um, the like the theme song oh man i love the fucking theme song i was like singing it with them as soon as the fucking movie started i because my friend had a i don't know if he if he had a soundtrack but he had the anita moy the star of the movie um is also a singer like many many hong kong stars um and she sings the theme song and i'm pretty sure he had a cd of hers that had the the theme song on it so we listen to it all the time and Anyway, yeah. it's in my brain. It's a, sounds like me and uh, Project Echo or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a similar sort of yeah, a thing there where it's that one of those real influential right. things that gets deep in your grooves of the brain. Right, right. <laughs> um, but this time I noticed a lot of Tim Burton Batman. <laughs> like influence yeah, yeah. in this movie yeah yeah i can kind of i can see that yeah. with like the the cops and the, like the 40s cars or like the old style cars and just like stuff like that yeah you can see it with wonder woman popping down uh, out of darkness and yeah this is true and the the opening kind of where she showed where you first see her showing up and she's up high on the building yeah yeah jumping down kind of I, I can see that as like a similar to the batman arrivals in the tim right, Burton films. yeah yeah but what I also thought was a little interesting at the time was she's running across um, the power lines when yeah. you first see her. And I don't know 
how much that would have been a takeoff, but that's one of the first things that Superman did in like the comic books. It's like one of oh, those really? big moments of like defining what the character was. What like one huh. of the really early Superman comics might have even been the first one. He grabs this criminal. He's running across the power lines with it, and so I was like, oh, I know that's like that kind of this quasi. It's like not really a famous moment, but it's like huh. kind of an iconic one for like really early Superman things. I was, yeah. I was like. Were they actually like consciously aware of that? Is that just a coincidence? It's like I don't they're know. playing off the superhero things. So I was just like, I don't know. Wow, that's kind of a <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I didn't know that. It's it's a very prominent moment in the movie. Yeah, so yeah. it's possible that uh, that they knew. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, so it's it's a big enough moment in the Superman stuff that I could see it being an influence elsewhere but yeah, at the like same time it's like superman would it have is that really what they were uh getting in hong kong i don't know i don't know i don't know but that's, like that's in the 90s would hong kong have been getting these 30s era superman comics as an influence it seems kind of weird yeah yeah i don't know i mean it could have been like the i don't i don't i'm pretty sure that johnny toad didn't write it but um like the writer of this the script could have been a kid in the I don't know fifties maybe and yeah. their knows? their parents were all about fucking Superman comics in the thirties who knows you know it's yeah. everybody's little path to things and yeah I feel like they must have gotten some Superman stuff I don't know who knows yeah. I don't know anything about yeah, comics publishing uh, outside of the U S yeah I have no idea what they would have had available. Um, I know that they have comics. They have like Wuxia comics and stuff like that that are that mm -hmm. are you know like produced in Hong Kong and stuff like that. Right. right. But um it's like and I'm sure Marvel and DC have some kind of presence there. They're yeah. kind of a worldwide Yeah, uh, for sure. publishers, but how much that is in the 90s would they have been throwing right. you know that old of a superman comic out there for people to be right well you know about it yeah so like how do you know about it you've read the early superman yeah yeah i've i have actually read that story but at the same time that was from like a, a modern like compilation right right and like remaster like a remaster i guess of where they would where they've and they've started doing that like within the past i don't know maybe decade or two yeah i don't think it would have been in the early, I don't know, maybe they would have been doing that in the early 90s, still reprinting the, like, the 80s even. I don't, yeah, I'm maybe. Sure. Yeah, but it I seems kind of like a recent thing that they've been doing, that these reprints of all the old 40s era yeah. stuff. And as far as I know, they're still going on with that. But wow. I kind of poked around at that in the early, the, the first uh, Superman and Batman stuff, just to, just to see, see where like, they came hey, from. Yeah. yeah, I mean huge cultural icons you know, right see where they started <laughs> huh well that's interesting i don't know yeah. who knows but, yeah but at the same time i think that kind of early 90s era is when comic books were kind of becoming a big thing like that that was the i think that was the big bubble when I think around that time, basically a few people were wound up selling really old 40s 
uh, comics that were in really good shape or something are getting like thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars for like Superman in mint condition yeah. from the fort. Like, oh my God. Huh. And that was when everybody suddenly said, oh my God, comics are worth money. We're going to buy oh, like okay. all these comics and keep them in mint condition. And then like yeah. 20 years from now, they'll be worth these thousands of dollars. And then a few years later, everybody realized that was dumb. And yeah, because <laughs> everybody had like, five mint condition copies of spider-man one now right, and it right. was like i do remember that. nobody's gonna want to buy that everybody already has five freaking copies in their basement you know? yeah no the expensive shit is always the stuff that no one thinks to save and then right right you know. and so there was this period in the early 90s where comics were just these speculators who were just like oh they're gonna be worth all this money like the world war ii era comics but <laughs> like stupidly not really that World War II is the reason those are so expensive is because yeah. everybody was recycling everything in World War II and all those comics got thrown out, right. uh, just dumped in the recycle bin. And so very few of them survived. And that's why they're so expensive. But in the early 90s, there was just this big craze of that. And there was this huge bubble. So I can see that as being a talking point since it was kind of based off of those old 40s ones being so expensive so maybe there's some yeah some crossover at that time where they it's very possible might have been in the headlines of superman sold for <laughs> like fifty thousand bucks whatever the heck the price was right. it was you know it was some ridiculous i do vaguely number. remember something about that like that whatever action comics or whatever being sold yeah in yeah. that time frame it was like some ridiculous amount of money and everybody went kind of crazy for a little while on that yeah and it was kind of so i huh. could see that being something they heard about and drew some maybe looked into a little more and yeah. found more about it and put in a few well, elements yeah. who know who, who knows? knows who knows uh, but aside from that it was uh Definitely very uh, wuxia feeling. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of wuxia stuff. But you know the the invisibility cape. That's kind of a comic book kind of thing too. It feels like to me. It is it's for sure. Yeah, like just some random scientist just invents this <laughs> world changing device right. and it just makes one. And here, here you go. Some superhero's got it. <laughs> yeah. No, those those science things like that. That's definitely like the Western influence. Right. I feel right. Like. <clears throat> Because the other, like the the heroic trio, each one of them, like they're badass because basically because they trained and like a wish right, hero, right. like they've attained a level that allows them to do all this crazy shit. Um, it's not like Batman where he built his fucking suit and whatever, you know. Right, right. It's just. They're awesome wuxia people. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, like, that, the the doctor or whatever built, the scientist building his invisibility suit. It's kind of a, yeah, it's like much a, a, a culture yeah, clash. Yeah, more of a Western kind yeah. of a thing. Which is funny about that guy, the guy who plays the scientist. He's in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> he, he plays the, the character. Another uh, cross-cultural yeah. uh madhouse yeah he plays the character lightning <laughs> and which then they based uh raiden off of oh for okay. mortal Kombat. oh well, 
<laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Now I know a little bit more about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. If you see him in the movie, um, Big Trouble in Little China, it's you know, I kind pretty of, fucking like. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I kind of recall <laughs> that movie like reminding me in some ways of, of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's interesting. I've seen something like that somewhere else before. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's basically this dude, Lightning, that is Raiden, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, so it's yeah, well, kind we'll, of vague we'll, in my head. We'll have to watch it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Refresh that memory. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, the movie's fucking dope. So, I don't, I mean, what do you, what do we say about Heroic Trio? Um, did you like it? Yes, yes, it was totally fun all, all the way through it was very fast paced very fast paced and that that appears to be the kind of movie that uh i go for is just crap happening all that's over true. the place that's true yeah you don't like a slow movie yeah it's like the more crap you pile in there the the, the more <laughs> i i enjoy it it seems yeah so yeah, I and mean, this one is pretty much uh, it starts and then it just fucking goes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean not for for an hour and a half, like not even an hour and a half. I think it's a little less, like a few minutes less. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff going on in it, and lots of different scenes going on, lots of action. Uh, I, I loved it when they, they're they're in the ha- that house they're buying. It's all run down and crappy, and yeah. And the guy tries to steal their car, and and the guy just like jumps out with a freaking vine and just like, just like oh shit, <laughs> choke holds the dude. Yeah, like even that dude is badass. He's just a cop. Like, yeah, but he's he's like a wusha cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's love, really the only moment that you see him do anything. Crazy yeah, yeah. Like I was that. kind of expecting him to do a bit more of that. Yeah, and he kind of doesn't really, but oh well. I don't remember the sequel much at all. I mean, I've seen mm. it a few times when I was a teenager, but I definitely watched the first one, Heroic Trio, like a million times, mm. and the sequel not as much. But he's in the sequel, so maybe he does some cool stuff hey, in that hey, one too. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I also just loved how he threw the handcuffs at the criminal and was like, "Handcuff yourself, you <laughs> <Yeah>. asshole!" And <laughs> just like, like, oh yes, of course, I want to get beat up again. It was just a, a cool little moment. Yeah. Kinda... Yeah, it was that, speaking of that, that criminal is uh, one of the guys that's in a bunch of Hong Kong comedies. And like, <laughs> I had never knew who the fuck that guy was. But when, as soon as, I, he has a very recognizable face. And as soon mm. as I saw him, I was like, oh shit, it's that guy. And like, I don't, I don't even know his name. It's just a guy that I know by his it's face. that guy. Yeah. yeah. And he was one of the guys in... Um, He's in a bunch of Jeff Lau movies, so he's in Chinese mm. Tall Story. One of in oh. the when they when the monk meets the the group of like where the the girl and they're calling they're calling the, her a guy, and there's like right, all these right. other there's guys and there's all the, the cross-dressing the guy tribe yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah so whatever like they called him. He yeah. was one of those like okay. leaders in, that, in in there somewhere, yeah. right? So anyway, <clears throat> it's a uh, I enjoyed that. I see a little yeah. cameo. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> the benefits of watching a bunch of Hong Kong stuff. Yeah. Now you've uh, got some more things to reference and yeah, some more context to put it in. Yeah. I was going to say, like, because Michelle Yeoh's in here. and She is. 
Like, I couldn't really recognize her because everything I've seen her in has been more recent where she's oh, like, okay. from Crouching Tiger on. It just seems Okay, like, where she's older, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, so I'm like, I kind of expected that because I knew that this was a much earlier movie. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm probably, she's probably going to look a, quite a bit different. And I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't just see her and go, oh, oh that's Michelle. Okay. Like, it, it oh, wasn't wow. just like this obvious recognition. It was like, okay. Yeah, that's what I expected because I <laughs> I just knew that I've, I've only seen her in more recent films, yeah. so oh. it's like just kind of knew that was going to happen, and it did. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I always think of her as like like I don't even think about the later stuff that much. It's all about these early movies. Like I don't know what else is later. There's like Crouching yeah, Tiger, know. and she has a little very small bit part in Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two. Mm-mm. Um, at the end when they get all the, the fucking, I mean, spoilers, but <laughs> <laughs> at the end when all the fucking ships come together and like Stallone is one of oh, them right, right, right. and like Michelle Yeoh is one of them okay, and they're yeah, all yeah. like together, like, yeah, you know, you're part of us again or some yeah, shit. The, the whole pirate gathering. Yeah. When they get all their ships okay, together, sure. like she's one of the captains Okay, yeah. of the ships. Um. Yeah, I just, I'm like trying to think of what the fuck else she was in. I mean, she was in the yeah, Crouching Tiger sequel that was a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah honestly, movies. Crouching Tiger might be the only movie I've really seen her in, to be honest. Yeah, because like you haven't have you seen Super Cop, the Jackie Chan movie? No. No. See, like, <sighs> like if I've seen her in an older film, it was yeah. not realizing it was okay. her. So. Well, fuck. We, we, we got to watch that. <clears throat> yeah. We got to watch Wing Chun movie from 94 that's fucking incredible hmm. fuck man i don't know she's in a bunch of dope shit <laughs> i mean yeah we can go down the michelle yo rabbit hole because she's fucking awesome yeah and then there's there's the fact that i'm not very good at recognizing actors anyway so okay yeah you know, i generally have not paid attention to actors over the course of my life of yeah just- is it a movie? Is it fun? Sure. Right. Who's right. in it? I don't freaking know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a few like Arnold, of course, stands out. You yeah. kind of yeah, it'd be hard not to <laughs> recognize Arnold. Yeah. You know, there's so you know some some actors kind of stand out to me, but not very many. Yeah. I'm usually not following the actors. Uh-huh. Who is actually in a, a production is not high on my list of priorities. So. Yeah. Well, it makes sense to me because. Especially because you're like more anime focused. Right. And where it's like you're not going to follow. There's not even actors that you would even bother following. I mean, it's voice actors. Yeah. So there's some of there's, that. But there's a little bit of that. But it's you're not going to recognize them on the screen. Certainly. Yeah. Right. Right. You, right. You might go hear the voice and be like, I've heard this guy before. Where it's What's he from? But, yeah. No, that happened to me in one of the animes you had me watch for the podcast. There was something where I switched it to English. And I was like, who the fuck is that voice? <laughs> and I tracked it down. And it's the guy who does the English voice of Ryo in Shenmue. Oh, hey. And he was in a couple episodes of, um, I think it was the, uh, what the fuck was that thing called? Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop, huh? He was in a couple episodes of that, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. The... The American voice acting industry is pretty, at least for anime, it's anyway, pretty yeah. pretty small pool of people who are who are doing it. So it's that's uh, funny. And I, I know it's pretty regional uh-huh. as well. Like I think there's 
most of it's in LA. Oh, like LA people. Yeah, LA I think people. there's bizarrely enough there's somewhere in Texas I think that does a bunch of recording. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> so <laughs> it's man of me. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if they're still around or if they moved or whatever. I, huh. I seem to recall there being some something going on in Texas. Yeah, there was stuff in New York. I don't know that it's still going on. It might have all like yeah. shifted to LA at this point. But I feel like Central Park Media was probably in New York. I, I imagine they were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Were they actually dubbing stuff themselves? I suspect they, just, they were, yeah. and or at least were hiring out people. Well, to I get, get yeah, I guess they something. would have to because yeah, they were licensing and then distributing dubbed yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah, anyway, that would be. I don't know. Yeah, so it's kind of there's there's just a couple little. So sometimes you get like pools of actors that are from certain areas, and you get yeah. like a but they've got like very limited uh, acting pools to work from and dubbing yeah and so it tends to cross over a lot you'll you'll get a lot of the same actors doing well maybe maybe they're looking for actors we should we should get on board i mean we're not in the area anymore but uh yeah yeah. maybe we should (laughs) sign up yeah but (laughs) yeah i guess that's the thing is that it kind of it's very regional and that you've got to be in the the area i mean theoretically you could record it and these days send it but they don't really do that i guess I guess the director wants to be there with you, and that would make sense for because you know if they're actually yeah. going to do performances and stuff, right? And kind of want to be there and give direction. And I know that some like musical collaborations happen over the internet now, though. Like mm-hmm. I remember uh, Pete Townsend, the guitarist of the Who, mm-hmm. like in the early two thousands, he was on a David Bowie album. Huh. And he was talking in some interview about it, and he's just like, "Yeah, David Bowie sent me the fucking song on email, and then I recorded this guitar part, and I sent that to him on the email, <laughs> and then they released the CD. That's literally my involvement of that. <laughs> I did a fucking guitar thing in an afternoon and sent it on an email." <laughs> It's like wow, okay. Because somebody asked him, like, "What's it like working with David Bowie?" You <laughs> like, know, like in the in the now times or whatever. And he's like, "I fucking sent an email. <laughs> I didn't do shit." <laughs> it's like he sends cordial emails. That's all I yeah. know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so heroic trio. What is there to say? I don't know. I, I never, I never have a. I have a hard time like. With these movies that I love, like talking about them. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just one fun thing after another. It's, I was kind of wondering, like, because we got, there, there was this fun scene with the motorcycles. I mean, there was actually a lot of scenes with the motorcycles. But yeah, I'm trying to think, like, the, the one where, specifically, where they're like spinning oh, right, around right, right, on yeah. it, and it's like twirling through the air. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I was kind of wondering because you mentioned this being a mix of like Western and uh, Hong Kong, and yeah. if just the presence of the motorcycle itself was no, nah, there's of, motorcycles in Hong Kong and stuff. There's there's like because all all like the wuxia stuff I've seen has tended to be in like older settings. Yeah, most I, most of the wuxia stuff is older for sure. Yeah, but there's definitely modern wuxias or mm-hmm. modern day movies that take use that Busha things and, and, and apply them to yeah, modern stuff they have actually. elements of that like i remember there's some movie it's not really a wuxia but like it has characters that can do wuxia things like 
mm-hmm. fucking throw playing cards like they're projectile like ninja stars or whatever mm-hmm. and then there's another guy that can like do all this shit with guns and like pull guns out of his fucking arms and shit <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like i don't know he's like super fast it's hard to explain because he does this thing where like he moves so fast but they show like all the like each frame of the gun like moving it's really hard to explain but it's fucking cool looking hmm. um well, i kind of got the uh the master with the that steals the bullet belt from the one girl and just, yeah and just fucking <laughs> and just fires them off like that was hilarious yeah there were a bunch of times where i was just just laughing at this the the crazy antics and yeah and i mean it's just that fucking imagination it's like like yeah whatever he's just gonna grab the thing and shoot the bullets who gives a shit like yeah, he can do that because he's he's a fucking <laughs> Wusha eunuch that can do fucking anything. Okay, is that what? Because I was actually because it seemed like that. Like I looked at the character and went, "Oh, it's probably female." And then they kept referring to him in the subtitles as a guy. And yeah, it was like one time where they referred to him where the subtitles called him a girl used a her for. Yeah, well, I was like, I what? I'm not sure what's going on there. It's a dude. He's a kind of a famous. Uh, kung fu actor from the 70s who then had a resurgence around this time he's okay. in he's in once upon a time china he's in iron monkey uh iron monkey is a movie we should watch at some point mm. um i mean once upon a time china too but that's a little might be a little slow for you because <laughs> <laughs> it's part like historical and it's part drama and then there's mm. a bunch of like dope ass fights with Jet Li and stuff but um but anyway, so that guy is in all of these movies, Resurgence. But uh, they dubbed his voice with uh, like okay. an older female voice in yeah, Rogue that's, Trio. Yeah, because that's what I was really thinking. Like, it definitely sounded like a woman. Yeah, and this subtitle translation was different than the one that I grew up with, which mm. called just straight up called him a eunuch in okay. the subtitles all the fucking time. And so and this one didn't really at all, which yeah. surprised me. Maybe it's more faithful or whatever because the oh i had the the older one would have been the the older subtitles that maybe were more uh brute force translated <laughs> instead of you know right. no nuance um but i thought i feel like it's important to know that he was a eunuch yeah yeah no that does uh, give a little more insight into it i know you've mentioned before that eunuchs and yeah the, wuxia have the, like powers yes and stuff. the They're, eunuchs of wuxia are are like a big deal and they they like they make a big deal about them and they always have like superpower and hmm. i mean yeah, that that yeah. that answers a lot actually of my confusion with that character what was yeah. going on like who that character was what he was doing what, what like what his point was, was yeah cool. just evil evil guy i don't know does he have a point that he's actually he's, trying to do. He's trying to steal the babies because he he wants to find the new king of China. That's right. He wants, and that was the thing too. With the, they're translating king, but I would kind of figure emperor would have yeah, been a better word. Yeah. So he's trying to find the new emperor, and then I guess reestablish imperial rule over right. China. And that kind of that makes sense to me again. Of this this guy being a eunuch, the eunuchs were these servants. So it's true. like yes, this yes. is some. Um, 
he sees himself at least as this loyal retainer to the imperial family and okay, needs to re- like it kind of so knowing that he's a eunuch really that that actually does kind of feed into that yeah at least a made-up backstory in my head <laughs> whether <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense i mean that he, what, that's what he's doing he's trying yeah, to find the new kinda... New king, new emperor. Yeah, that that fits well. Because I was like, why is he trying to find the king? Why isn't he just being the king himself? He's this fucking badass. Right, like, why, right. Why, why does he want to find a baby to raise when, like, <laughs> just go out and kick some ass? You that is true. Yeah, like, why wouldn't, yeah. But no, he's this, he's a eunuch. He was probably raised to be this servant of imperial China. And so that, that made, that makes it make a whole lot more sense in my head. So Okay, well. That's good. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So there, there Usually go. it happens the other way. <laughs> where you're, I'm like, what is this with this fucking boogie pop? Like, what's going on? <laughs> All right. You have me. You gave me some sense of that. Yeah. But now it's happening the other way. Well, that's good. This is interesting. Yeah. Figure out a bit more here. Do you have any other questions about Heroic Trio that, that were? Um, actually, the, I guess, maybe kind of spoilery, but... um. At the end, I'm not really sure exactly how they wound up defeating him. Like, his head kind of explodes, and I was just like, how did that happen? Well. Because I didn't really see a clear cause, I guess. Okay, well, he, they destroy his body. Right. And then he comes back as a scale, like a fleshy skeleton. Yes, which was awesome. (laughs) Fucking awesome, yeah. It, which is cool. Like they sh- they had even a little bit of stop motion, which is yeah, very yeah. rare in Hong Kong movies. Yeah, I was actually kind of uh, disappointed when it stopped being stop motion. Yeah, because it's like it popped out, and I'm like, and and first thing, of course, is the Terminator themes popping in my head because as he walks out of yes, the fire, yes, it's a yes. dun 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 dun. <laughs> um, aside from af- that, this is yeah. like would have been after the first yeah, terminator anyway. yeah well and definitely the after second. this even the second one the second one i think is 91 91 so. okay yeah so whether it's a reference or not it's it's anything walking out of right. a fire like that just immediately yeah, any kind of skeleton to, coming out of a fire yeah but it was kind of like that stop motion like the jerky motion of it just felt like oh well of course you've got this undead thing it's going to yeah, be yeah. moving in this weird like it made perfect sense yeah. for it to be stop motion there and then they they started using the actual like this right well they got to fight him yeah i mean that i <laughs> there was no way they were going to actually have those scenes done right, in stop right. motion but it was still like oh i kind of like that in stop motion it kind of feels appropriate to yeah. what this thing is yeah, I never thought of it that like like that. I just thought like, yeah, it's cool stop motion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, then it it uh, the the skeleton attaches itself to Michelle Yeoh, and then uses her body to fight the other girls. Mm-hmm. And then she says at one point, like, it's taking over my mind. Yeah, like the best I could figure is she like just beat it mentally and yeah so so then um when right before it explodes they show there's all those like real quick cuts of like all this like emotional shit that happened to her throughout her life like she i think they show when they were kids Mm, and i think they show when when uh she's with the the scientist in some like sort of tender moment or something i don't remember exactly what they show 
but they show all that. And so I got the feeling that um, this, the eunuch character is not like able to comprehend the emotion of, of love or, or mm. just any sort of deep feeling like that. Like he's just, he has this purpose to be a fucking eunuch sort of wusha master <laughs> and he's not interested in those sort of things so so she fucking flooded her mind with these very strong emotions which then because he was controlling her mind he was in there too and he couldn't fucking take it and his brain exploded <laughs> okay <laughs> um that sounds good enough for me it, it seems uh, it makes sense yeah, it makes sense she, uh, to me yeah. It would be, it would probably, I could probably make more sense if I could remember exactly what she was recalling, right, right. but it's like she, she gathered her mental fortitude yeah. and, and, and then like blue, like he was taking over her mind. She, you know, pushed him out and by pushing him out, cause he's in this state of like, they show his fucking brain. Yeah. Pulsating. That was cool. It's just <laughs> like, Oh, here's this opening in the skull. Yeah. Just this pulsating brain mass. So like, so like uh, he's clearly not at a hundred percent defense. <laughs> so like a, reminds me of bad taste when the guy was just putting the brains back in his head. Just <laughs> like, no, my yeah. brain is falling out. Just stuff it back in. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Played by Peter Jackson there. That's Peter Jackson. Um, yeah, that fucking movie. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. Bad taste. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to. Yeah. Cool. Never a bad thing to throw a recommendation for that in your yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's a fucking movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's just like, it's just a nonstop fucking awesome you know, yeah. like Maggie Chung rolls in on the motorcycle and then she she's going to go save the day. So she throws a fucking flare in a barrel and <laughs> yeah, just, just rides it into the fucking it. building. That, God, that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> where the fuck does that come from? <laughs> yeah, there's just all these. Like, that's just such a Hong Kong thing. Yeah, like, just, just, yeah whatever you can fucking think of, let's <laughs> do it. And it's so awesome. Yeah, that that was another one of those moments where I was just laughing and just like, oh my god, she's just <laughs> flying a barrel. This is brilliant. I don't like what, like what else do you want? Like, yeah, it's just I get you know I got ruined when I first saw shit like this, and I was a teenager and not liking American movies at the time, and just, then I saw this and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> movies can be like this. <laughs> the fuck am i wasting my time on whatever the fuck it was in speed and shit like that that was coming out around the same time uh yeah i remember speed that was the bus one wasn't it yeah yeah which yeah. is uh actually i i recently found out it's based on a japanese film oh from i believe the mid 60s it could be early 70s but it's called bullet train Hmm. And it's something where the train can't go under a certain speed or else the ship blows up. Hmm. Um, but they moved it to a bus and made speed. Huh. And didn't they put it on a boat or something for the Yeah, sequel, the second or? one is Speed 2 Cruise Control, <laughs> and it's on a boat. <laughs> and I did not see that one, so I, I can't uh, comment on that one. Uh, I didn't see that one either. I always yeah. liked the, the subtitle Cruise Control, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
Was Tom Cruise in it? That would have been even better. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Sandra Bullock, and then I—I I don't think Keanu's in that one, but yeah, I don't know who else. Yeah, should have gotten Tom Cruise. That could have yeah, played on yeah. so many levels. Yeah, well, they probably couldn't afford him at that point. Yeah. He was in oh, Mission well. Impossible around then, and I mean, he's still popular now. So I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Or Tom Cruise mm-hmm. could have been in cruise control speed too. <laughs> it would have been the triumph of his life, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably would have tanked his fucking career. Um, uh, uh, there was one other part, not quite as confused on, but okay. might as well touch on it. There's the point where the unit guy. Um, he's looking at all the babies and one's awake and he's like, no, they should like all, they should all be asleep. And he like throws his little poison needles at the baby. Yeah. I was like, did he just kill the baby or was he maybe that time just using a sleep poison or something well, instead this, of a yeah, deadly poison? That, I don't know. That is up to... Because the end of the film never really says that like they rescue the babies no they just save the babies yeah so i'm assuming they all lived in which case that one didn't die right like was he like so i'm 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 a little unsure what was going on my my impression while watching the movie is that uh being the ultimate busha eunuch (laughs) that he is he can imbue his needles with whatever properties he wants (laughs) So in this case, he was, you know, putting him to sleep, putting him to sleep. That's what I thought of. But then while you were mentioning it, I thought maybe he did just fucking like, oh, this baby's awake. Clearly not the emperor. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my thought in the moment was, was that he had just been like, oh, well, that's he's not a candidate anymore. Bam, gone. And that was what at the time I was thinking. Yeah. And it never addressed that later. So I'm like, maybe you just put him to sleep. Yeah, I want to say they put him to sleep because they did say that they rescued all the babies. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that I mean those are just the uh, questions of Wusha that yeah, make it such to... a fun little genre where just a bunch of cool shit yeah, happens. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. yeah, I did like how the babies were in bird cages, and then they yeah. had like fucking spider webs and shit over. Yeah, them. like they're all just wrapped <laughs> up. And... I guess that's just being down in that weird cave, you know. There's yeah, it was like, shit down there. I, I was kind of like, I don't know. I was thinking like, oh, maybe they're like forming cocoons around them or something. Ooh, like, what's yeah. going on? Like, there's something weird going on here. Get a metamorphosis into the emperor. Yeah. <laughs> but also just for that scene, it was just, regardless of whether he killed the baby or not, it was a scene that kind of illustrates that this guy just doesn't really care about that. He's like, he's got his objective and nothing else is relevant to anything right. to him. It's just like, and that, but it's also like the, the emperor is like supposed to be what he thinks the emperor like he has this very clear idea yeah and anything that deviates from that he's going to eliminate and why but like it's like no it's a baby it's gonna be awake when it wakes up it's gonna be like you can't just (laughs) 
have it, it's gonna do what it it's a baby it's not you can't just control it like that and but he sees it as this thing that is going to behave as he wants it to right and and he sees like the whole world is being like like no it's gonna do what i say because like i'm right and yeah <laughs> like just kind of this kind of built up his villainy i guess to uh that's true i didn't even think about it like that which is I just take him as the, the <laughs> like, oh, it's this fucking dope Boucher guy. <laughs> but yeah, just, he don't give a fuck. Yeah, just narrative structure of building yeah. his character up. It was a good way to do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know where else to go. Like, um, I kind of expected a little more of... Um, going into the past of the three because apparently like all three of them i guess were kind of involved in this whole thing they were but but maggie chung's character was not with them at the beginning like because they flash back to yeah because they had the two girls the two girls and they were like cr- trying to climb the, cr- the cliff right and i thought that was the assassin girl and the biker girl and then you find no. out at the end it's not the biker girl. It was Wonder Woman. Right. And then I'm like, okay, so then what was... Because the, the biker girl was involved. Like, so yeah, where... So, like, how did the... Like, just, I kind of expected a little more going into... They talk about it. They talk about it a bit, but at well, the same time... I don't know. I, I was just lost on yeah, where the connections were. They don't were show entirely. Maggie Chung in the flashbacks at all. But they talk yeah. about her and what happened to her and how she fits in. So, like, um, Wonder Woman and the Assassin, uh, Anita Moy and Michelle Yeoh, were kids together under some master. Mm-hmm. And Michelle Yeoh couldn't fucking climb up the thing properly. So she was cast out of the master's you know good favor said fuck off you're a kid but whatever Mm -hmm. go do your own thing so then she fell in with the eunuch guy who then trained her over the course of her life and Mm -hmm. then they mention when she's talking to uh maggie chung under all the fucking power lines like they're there's a scene where they're just like standing where these like big fucking power towers. I don't know what the fuck to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're standing by them and they're talking about how Maggie Chung was a student of the eunuch back way back when, like 10 years ago or something. And then she tried to rebel and mm-hmm. then the eunuch told Michelle Yo to kill her. But she didn't kill her. She just said, you fucking go do your own thing. Don't come back or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they were both students of the eunuch. And Wonder Woman and Ida Moy have nothing to do with the eunuch at all. Oh, okay. Because I was seeing that as the opposite where the girl who fell off the cliff was Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. And the girl who stayed up at the top was always like I thought that was like she was raised from childhood to be like the the guy that was her master. I thought that was the the servant of the eunuch guy. 
no. who was throwing the another really awesome, weird, goofy thing, the, the cage that would chop people's heads off. Yeah, the flying guillotine. <laughs> I, you know, when I saw, I don't think I ever really knew what the flying guillotine was when I first saw this movie, but this is very clearly the exact same a weapon that's in all the flying guillotine movies. Oh, okay. So yeah, if you if you enjoyed that, yeah, I, I didn't know that was the flying guillotine. Yeah, no, look I forward. Just, to... I was like, oh, he's got this weird thing. He's gonna throw at people. Sure. Oh, it chops people's heads off. Holy yes, crap! Yes. Like... <laughs> Apparently, it's, it it was a real weapon. Oh. Um. At least it was based on a real weapon. I don't know if it exactly looked like that. Right. Um, this one was all chain, and I don't know. I don't remember if the other ones in the movies are all chain, but they're basically the same thing. It, the thing f- is on a chain, and then the thing comes down and it drops a little hat, <laughs> like thing that goes over their head, and right. then it fucking cuts off their head. Hmm. Um, so, so it's basically the same. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that guy was the guy at the top of the cliff. I don't like, think yelling so. at them. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And I always because like usually any master in any fucking kung fu movie situation is always going to be a hard ass because that's how you fucking learn right, right. Chinese martial arts. Like you, it's fucking you power through. Yeah, like it's rough. <laughs> it's force intense. of will. This shit. Yeah, I mean, you gotta <clears throat> like the repetition is endless. Yeah. Um, and so, fucking that little girl couldn't cut it, so she's like, he's like, "All right, fuck off," you know, <laughs> you yeah. can't cut it. Yeah, and, and so that's why I thought to uh, be an assassin. That's that's why I thought um, it was Wonder Woman because I'm like, oh well, what does she have to do? She just she had this training as a kid and and couldn't live up to because she doesn't have a master or whatever through this. They don't show him. Yeah, in the it's movie. like she never like in in the current timeline. Yeah, she doesn't have anybody that she's learning from or something. No. So I figured she got cut loose then and went off on her own and practiced and trained to be no, Wonder Woman. The, yeah, no, and it's then, the other way. Okay, because and then I had that totally backwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you have to watch it again. I mean, I have seen this a million times. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> So even though like I hadn't seen it in a long time and I wouldn't have been able to tell you any of those specifics before watching it, like like I said, as soon as I was watching it, like it just, all this shit it all came, came back. Like yeah. as soon as I saw the baby, I was like, oh yeah, all the fucking they're stealing the babies, <laughs> and then, like all this shit just started coming back. Yeah. So uh, it was more of just remembering all the stuff that happened and. Mm-hmm. All um, right. Might also have something to do with the different translation of the subtitles, too. Perhaps. Maybe, maybe was a bit clearer in the other version. Maybe. I don't even remember. I don't remember what I knew from back then. In ter- I mean, like, all the that understanding of that dynamic was all from what I saw right now. Like, it's in this subtitles. Like, mm-hmm. if you know. Okay. If you know what you're looking at. And- yeah you know what to keep an eye out for cause. because i don't know like i guess i just assumed like wonder woman is so badass like there's no way that she could have been that badass and not like finish have her master, training yeah. yeah okay so <laughs> i don't know i just it just makes sense to me and then i mean i don't know anyway mm. 
And then they, then they, when they find out that they're the girls that were broken apart, like they're in the same positions. Anita Moy, Wonder Woman, mm. is trying to pull up yeah, Michelle Yeoh. I assume then they would have had the tattoos as the kids too, because I didn't notice when that scene anyway. See, the tattoos doesn't really make sense if you really <laughs> break it down. <laughs> It's a great visual. It's fucking cool. <laughs> but yeah, if they had those tattoos when they were kids, they wouldn't look <laughs> like that. They would get all stretched out because they're fucking kids with tattoos. Right, right. So yeah, that doesn't make sense, but but that's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, cinematic I mean, that, license. Yeah, I mean, growing through it, like, that I'm willing to just write off. Right. And just be like, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, so theoretically, they must have had those tattoos when they were kids. Yeah. I don't think they ever show it, though. Yeah, because I don't remember the kids having it, but, but it, I think they were kind of wearing long, longer sleeves in that scene or something. Yeah, I, don't know. I think so. I'm not sure so. if it uh, was even visible. Yeah. But. Well, and, and even just in terms of color, like Michelle Yeoh is in red a lot, and that girl is, is in red, mm. and the other girl is white, and I don't think Wonder Woman isn't really in white much, but she's yeah, got she's the silver blue. mask. She's in and blue, and she's, she does have the silver mask. Yeah. I want to say she's in white clothes when you first see her when they're looking at the house. Maybe but when yeah. she's just in a regular, you know, just like housewife mode or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember though. Yeah. But um, this movie I mentioned is directed by Johnny Tope. And that doesn't mean anything to you, really. Right. Um, and it really, at this point, doesn't re- mean much to me either because I have only seen like two of his other movies. Um, and they're both from this time, not mm. from when he got popular. But uh, Johnny Toe is basically one of the biggest directors in Hong Kong now and over the course of the 2000s. Um, and Heroic Trio is the movie that he, like, basically... It was, like, his first, like, huge big hit that kind of gave him the license to, like, start his own companies mm. and then start like building his fucking empire wow (laughs) and because he has this big company that he would produce movies out of Mm -hmm. and and uh as the old older uh era of people like left and went to america to try to make american movies in the late 90s johnny toe is one of the guys that that stayed in hong kong and then thrived and be in like built the industry to like kind of be his fucking industry Hmm. like he became super fucking powerful and still is to this day wow but um this movie was one of the movies that he like was really trying to break free from the things he had done previously for other producers and really trying to like i have to fucking put my stamp in on a movie and really make a movie that fucking stands out and so he came up with this fucking superhero kind of thing Wusha thing, and uh, the rest is history. It, it apparently did very well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess so. It, uh, did well with me. Yeah, did well with you. Yes, yes. No, I, I mean, I didn't even know that Johnny Toe was a thing. Even 
like for many years. But when I started the the website, I just hear people talking about Hong Kong and Johnny Toe. I'm like, who the fuck is Johnny Toe? Like, I don't remember. I mean, I feel like I know the people of Hong Kong. And who the fuck is this guy? And then I remember looking him up like a year or two into the site after hearing so much about him and being like, oh, he directed Heroic Trio. And then he made all these fucking gangster movies that like made him popular. Huh. So uh, now I know that he's a uh, you know, big guy. And uh, the, the other movies that I saw of his are... I've seen recently within the last year or two, but they're all from this old period, a couple of his comedies. Because hmm. he's one of these guys that directs throughout like every genre. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mixes it up. Huh? Yeah, which is a, a very Hong Kong thing to do post the 80s or post 1980, I guess. Hmm. When the... The new wave, Hong Kong new wave started, and then that's when like all the genre blending started to happen. Like you don't see it really in the Shaw Brothers stuff. They're pretty much straight ahead movies, but right. stuff like this where there's there's like comedic things that uh, over the top, fucking <laughs> riding a barrel and shit like that. <laughs> like there's that kind of over the top wuxia comedy, weird shit and action and fighting like there's not a lot of fighting in this movie there's more than i remember but there's certainly fighting and some gun shit you know she's maggie chung has the shotgun yeah it's like that this blend of all this shit together it's a very hong kong thing um i don't know you got anything else i'm talking about this heroic trio Hmm. Yeah, I think that uh cleared up my big questions, so I think I'm uh mostly good to go. Would you be on board for a sequel? I I think <laughs> I would. <yeah. laughs> I I'll say that like I kind of expected the trio to get together sooner since it was oh, the okay. title. Yeah. Like it's it's but it's more like the origin, I guess. It is so basically it feels, the origin of the team, like you could say. Yeah, because it's like they don't really become a team until the end. Right, right. And so it kind of feels like there should be a sequel. Yeah. To like just have the actual team going. Right, right. And so yeah, I'm mm. I'm just interested to rewatch that sequel because I don't remember it being as good. Mm. But I mean sequels are tricky me back then i don't really trust me back then anymore (laughs) so because i've seen a lot of shit like now that i didn't necessarily like back then and i fucking love it now so Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't trust myself uh but yeah i definitely want to see the team the team you know like back together yeah for sure feels like there should uh, be a proper team movie yeah for sure for sure I also want to mention that the the action is directed by Ching Siu Tung, and he's a director also. He co-directed, he basically co-directed this movie with Johnny Toe. Hmm. Um, the way that they handled it, I read about it, and apparently Johnny Toe directed most of the shit that wasn't like straight up action, and then Ching Siu Tung directed like all of the fight, all of the action. 
And so, like, I don't know, you're not familiar with his style, but you probably noticed a lot of people spinning around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a motorcycle yeah. spinning around, like a lot of spinning. And when they're spinning, they usually had on like some kind of robes that were like flowing out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And that's like his style of action. Mm-hmm. There's always people like, there's usually some guy that fucking spins up and just like shoots off into fucking space or whatever, <laughs> you know, like to fly away. There's a guy that does that in this movie. And that's kind of his style. And it became like the Hong Kong wirework style, but it, it like, it's his thing. Mm. he's kind of developing it here yeah so it kind of it's weird like it kind of feels like one of his movies yeah Um, so um so where does this fit into like wire work stuff this is the fucking golden age man 93 is like the fucking that's i don't know for me it doesn't get any better than this era wire work okay because i'd kind of figured it started earlier than this well it definitely started earlier it started in the 19 middle 60s like oh, 60 oh, that, that far back yeah the first movie i mentioned this on the 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 when we talked about the, thundering the, sword thundering swords yeah but uh the first movie is a movie called jade bow and that was like 60 it came it, on hong kong movie database it says it came out in 1966 but i have a few books and they all talk about it being shot in 63 mm. um the key point being the next movie to use wire work was the first Shaw Brothers color Wuxia Temple of the Red Lotus. Hmm. And the, the choreographers that did the Jade Bow were hired after the Jade Bow to do Temple of the Red Lotus. Um, Lao Karlong and Teng Cha, two of the greatest, most fucking influential people in all of Hong Kong cinema. Um, who both went on to be choreographers for the next 30 years, and they they directed movies as well and stuff like that. But anyway, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. But but yeah, so mid-60s, wire work begins, and then it doesn't really get like to where people are flying. Mostly it's swinging. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of upward movement until maybe the early 70s Hmm. and then probably mid to late 70s you really start to get like like really dope shit (laughs) and then the 80s is it's fucking on (laughs) and then anything from like 80s to early 90s maybe even mid 90s is like fucking it just keeps getting better and then somewhere around the mid to late 90s, computers came in mm. and they still do wire work and they still do wire work to this day. But now with computers, they remove the wires digitally, which allows them to shoot it differently. Yeah. So now instead of to like in wire work, there's always a lot of very like, harsh angles where they're like shooting up from like the ground up and there's like fucking people flying real like there's a specific like angles that they would shoot it from 
Mm-hmm. And so when the computers came in, they didn't have to shoot it from those angles anymore. They could shoot it from whatever the fuck angle. And to me, that makes it way less effective. And uh, so I don't like that as much. Mm-hmm. There is great examples of wire work like still now, but it's always tempered by the digitally removing the wires for me. Mm, that kind of takes away the fun of it for you for me it definitely does but there's st- like i still enjoy it it's just not as like i really love the angles that they used to shoot fucking wire work from and so like it's just hard to get over that <laughs> it's just like ah, why i don't know but like i to speak to something that's brand new like i just started watching this tv show well i guess it came out a couple years ago now but it's called into the badlands and they brought like an actual hong kong team and it's stars a hong kong star and but it's a amc show and uh they the choreography on it is really well done and they use wire work like full-on hong kong wire work but it's all digitally removed wires so like the moves are fucking dope and there's all these cool flips and like running up walls and all kinds of dope shit. But it's just like, you can still kind of see the awkwardness of removing the wires. I don't know how to describe it, but Hmm. if you see it, like it's very clear, like, Oh, okay. That's what they're doing. Uh, but it's a dope show. So Hmm. if you, if you haven't seen into the badlands, uh, fucking start (laughs) (laughs) it's also that's the show that's based on journey to the west oh but it's a post-apocalyptic thing and i have been told that it wasn't based on journey to the west well i watched the first season and yes (laughs) it is based on journey to the west (laughs) it's very very warped and and weird but there is the main character is basically the monkey king he's called sunny in this (laughs) instead of sun wukong but he's He's, uh, it doesn't follow the story of Journey to the West, but like he's based on the Monkey King, and then there's a character that's basically based on the monk, and they're in a, a situation that's not necessarily Journey to the West, but anyway, it's fucking cool, and it, it, it it's, uh, it's, it's worth watching. I would recommend it. Cool. <laughs> All right, we have uh, several recommendations yes, this yes, episode. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you got your homework. Yeah. Cut out for you. Um I don't know, I just feel like uh what is, what else is there to say about Heroic Trio? Yeah. I don't know. It's dope. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. Fucking watch it. <laughs> um, um it's it's gotten U.S. releases, um, but they're dubbed, so don't um, watch those. <laughs> no subtitles, sad. Yeah, I mean the the one that I had back in the day was a release by Taising, which is a U.S. company that was releasing Asian movies, specifically Hong Kong movies, and that release was subtitled. But they also mm. I don't know if they had a dubbed of that, but anyway, Miramax fucking bought it at some point and then put out mm-hmm. a dubbed version, which is the one that's most common to find nowadays. 
on DVD and uh, I think it was on Netflix for a while, streaming, dubbed. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess if you have to watch it that way, but I don't know. Yeah, it's weird if it, that it wouldn't have the original audio on it somewhere. Yeah, you would think. I mean, I think they edited that version a little bit. Mm. Because, like, I don't know, they kill that baby <laughs> at that one point where that baby gets a fucking nail in the back of his head. Uh, and, yeah, like, they don't yeah. show it, but they, I feel like they probably edited that or edited around it or something. Hmm. Um, I don't know how they would because it's, like, a big part of the movie. But Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I just feel like they probably edited around something like that. And then it would be hard to include original language. You'd have to edit the audio and... Right. It, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't, but I I don't know. I don't know why they would take the time to go and edit around this. Is <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of... It's very strange with these, yeah. these studios. Miramax specifically would... Miramax and Dimension, they're all part of the same thing, and they would all buy Hong Kong movies and then re-edit them for the U.S. audience, and it's like... I don't know that you're doing them any favors. I mean, the <laughs> movies are like less... They're less of what they were. They're they are. People don't buy fucking French movies and re-edit them. They just release them as foreign movies. So why can't we have Hong Kong movies that way? Yeah, it's a it's a curious uh, phenomenon. Yeah, it's like very what, strange. Like why edit around all this stuff when it's? I don't know. I mean, I can kind of see for like TV series if you need to fit a time slot and you have specific censorship guidelines yeah. that you gotta follow yeah. but i mean it's just a movie it's a movie it's like you're not right you're not constrained by any of that and so yeah that's the point i don't know they're trying to make money and for some reason they think it'll make more money uh but i don't i, I don't, don't know that yeah, it I affects anything like i don't know if anything i think it would make less but yeah i, I can't see how that because anybody who's interested in it enough to buy it is going to be on board for seeing what it is, you know? It's, right, right. I, I can't see that alteration making people more likely to buy it, especially because yeah. you're not going to know what that alteration is until you do buy it and see it or something, you know? It's, right, right. So it's kind of weird. Very strange. They mostly don't do it now. The companies that put out Hong Kong movies, like the new ones, they mostly don't edit them, but... Um, I can think of numerous examples where they did. So <laughs> it's not like 100%. You right, know, right. Like most of the Jackie Chan movies that get a release over here still are edited. But um, the Hong Kong ones. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah. You can import, import the fucking Hong Kong version. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's exactly what you can do. <laughs> that, that is apparently the solution. Yes, it's my solution. Um so yeah, uh, fucking import heroic trio. <laughs> I don't know that they edited, so I you should you know maybe the other version is fine. It just has dubbed audio. I don't know, but um, original audio is enough for me to import it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, good movie. Check it out. And uh, until next time, uh, adios. All right. See ya. Bosoy, bosoy, tigan, sa sa ki
Stop talking.